sing it one and all. Join in the chorus, North Melbourne's on the ball. Good old North Melbourne, the champions you'll agree. North Melbourne is the team that plays to win for you and me. Hello and welcome to the Stern Look. I am Kangaroos Forever. Tonight we have Quiv again, evening Quiv. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, everyone. Good to have you on. Also, tonight we have the main cheerleader from the North Board, Philly Roo. Welcome. Great, great to be here, guys. Great to be here. And for the first time this year, and proudly sponsored by Toyota, we have Red Miss from the Adelaide Board and Bay 13. Good evening. How you going, Ned? Nice to uh, be on board. <laughs> Good to have you on. Sorry about that. I couldn't resist. <laughs> no worries. Happy Easter. Happy Easter to you too. The first segment is like the last show will contain two thumbs up and two thumbs down from all our panellists where we pick two positives and two negatives from either our own football stories or big footy world or personal life. It's up to our panellists what they want to do. The second segment will have a brief short discussion of the football club and will be led by Philly Rude tonight. For the third segment will be a very, very brief and general discussion on the VFL. And next, we'll be doing question time with all our panellists from all the questions you guys sent in. The fifth segment will normally be focused on analysing, obviously, the last week's or two weeks ago's game, but we'll be focusing more so on the pre-season and how everyone's shaping up in both Adelaide and North. And then we'll do a bit of a preview of Saturday night's match, and then I'll ask Red Mist a few questions just to end the show. So, mm. <laughs> first up, I don't know what that was. <laughs> um, the first segment will be thumbs up, thumbs down, so I'll head it up, so just so Red Mist can understand what we're doing. So, my yeah. two thumbs up was, firstly, goes to Daniel Wells for working so hard to get over his injuries and working through all the mental difficulties associated with being effectively injured for two seasons. And my second positive aspect of the week goes to the North Melbourne Media Department for doing some fantastic work. My thumbs down is basically Carlton and Richmond again getting the first game of the year. It's utterly ridiculous. And my second thumbs down is that Royals 1922 has left big footy and probably won't be coming back for a while, which is sad for us Bay people. So what were your positives and negatives, Quiv? Uh, footy's back is the big positive. It's finally back, even if it is Richmond and Carlton. And I'm just reading on Facebook right now that we've ticked over 38,000 members today. So that's a pretty good effort, considering we haven't even played yet. Um, my thumbs down, I guess, is no football tomorrow. No football <laughs> on Good Friday. And that's that's a big disappointment for me. Uh, over to you, Philly. Yep, okay. Well, my thumbs up, I'd, I'd like to echo what K4 said about the Wellesley thing, I think I can, I can combine it into one. The, the, the media department do an awesome job all the time, but the, the Wells thing was unreal last night. It was really fun to watch and really good to see him up and about. The other positive, which we'll get onto later, is the team that we've picked for round one. Wow, freaking me. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the best team I've seen selected for North Melbourne in so long I can't even remember. Yeah, so, six months. No longer. I'm going to say it's the best team I've seen selected since the 90s. 1998. That's <laughs> oh, really good. But no. That year doesn't. I think it's a really good team. And thumbs down, I'm going to say. I don't really have a thumbs down. I'm pretty happy, man. It's, it's round one. We're up and about. Forget thumbs down this week. <laughs> How about you, Red Mist? Uh, thumbs up. Court of Arbitration Sport. Well done, fellas. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Thanks for overturning that decision and giving everybody a year off. Fantastic. That's really good. Um, thumbs down would be um, Eddie McGuire. He uh, come out and to give uh, the best player for Sydney and Collingwood the uh, Adam Goods medal. Fair enough. Thumbs down, Eddie. Eddie McChin Stadium. Yeah. Good work. Now we'll move straight on to the next segment, which is a club discussion led by Fideru. Take it away. No problem, mate. Just give me one second while I open my book. So what happened is, I, uh, as some of you may have saw, I'm uh, doing a lot of travelling this weekend, and the point of that is that we need to get down to Warrnambool for Easter, but also back for the footy. So I wanted to, uh, to get home to Warrnambool because I knew that we had the North Story book here, and some, most people probably own the book or have seen the book, but I thought the best way to, to do the club discussion was to just read a very quick segment in that. It's actually the prologue of, at the start of the book. And some of the, I mean, they, the people that have written this thing obviously know far more about North Melbourne than I do and are far better writers and are far more eloquent than I am. So I'm just going to quickly read out some of that. And K4 is going to cough when I hit my time limit. In two aspects, North Melbourne stands second to none. One is the loyalty of its supporters. The other is the determination to carry on. Despite its disadvantages in the face of adversity, which might well have broken the spirit of most men, we find that most that from the earliest days they were always enthusiasts to fight for North Melbourne. So that was in the, in the Australian newspaper on the 15th of June, 1940. Having put behind it more than a century and a quarter of experience of one of Australia's leading football clubs, North Melbourne has reason to be satisfied. However, when it is realised that the efforts to accomplish this have involved at times a fight for the club's very survival, the attainment of such longevity becomes even more remarkable and speaks volumes for the innumerable men and women who over that period have created its spirit and moulded its tradition. Some time ago, this North, North, North tradition was the subject of the remarks of the noted football historian Hugh Buggy. This is how he began. Tradition is defined by the Oxford Dictionary as some opinion, belief or custom handed down. In football, it is generally accepted as the past achievements of a club that can be recalled to inspire the present generation of players. He then went on to apply this to the North Melbourne Football Club. It is well to remember that North was a towering force in the Victorian Football Association at the time. In 1914, North began a run of successes that has never been equaled by either a league or association club. It went through the seasons 1915 and 1918 without defeat. When VFA football resumed after the First World War, North remained unbeatable. That was in 1968. With North Melbourne's entry into league ranks, it commenced the most dour and difficult phase of its... In fact, it was for a time on the brink of extinction, and it owed its survival solely to its dedicated officials, players and supporters who refused to give in. However, it is important to keep clear in mind that North Melbourne survived not merely as a club, but as a member of what is now the Australian Football League, the top competition of Australian rules football throughout the entire country. Okay, just quickly, I'm going to bring that back, because I was reading... Yesterday and the day before, the uh, about the Tassie deal, and people were talking about you know not supporting North Melbourne if they moved to Tassie, and and it brought back a lot of memories of, of fighting against the Gold Coast thing. And I think I'm almost done, man. I'm almost done. I think I think it's really cool that our club more than once has proven that they won't give up, and the supporters are strong and they're staunch, and they fight and fight and fight until we win. I mean, the clubs went through those times in the in the 60s and in the, then they won grand finals in the 70s. They went through some crap times in the 80s. They won grand finals in the 90s. We went through some crap times in the 2000s and now I think we're a chance to win the grand final this year. I think it's really cool that we stick thick and we don't give up. That's all. I'm done. Thanks for that, Philly. We'll move straight on to VFL discussion <laughs> after a few coughs. 
Anyway. Um, there was no way three minutes, by the way. You told me three minutes. That was about a minute. Yeah, well, Quiv did the <laughs> second cough just to impersonate. Okay. <laughs> anyway, VFL discussion. So last week, Werribee had a practice match against Coburg, which ended in a quite a sizable victory for Werribee, who put the cue in the rack in the fourth quarter. There are a few detailed stats from the match. There's only a couple, so but Mullet, Dorr, and a few others impressed quite quite well. Majak and Mullet were both heavily managed throughout the game. Majak was taken off pretty much at half time. Mullet was taken off at three quarter time, and even then he was managed. Uh, I have a few notes from Nate Seven that he wants me to pass on as usual. The, he said that if the players were played in the natural positions, Werribee would have won by 80 points. A number of players didn't give 100% and would have done some very nasty things against Coburg. The next practice match is against Footscray at Footscray. He also thinks that wherever he will easily get to the VFL prelims. So that's the VFL done. I do apologise about its briefness, but hopefully I can devote some more time to it next week or whenever it fully kicks off properly. So I'll move on straight on to the questions for the week before Red Miss gets bored and leaves us. So, right. <laughs> so I'll give you the first question. Donkey Chomp wants to ask you, what do you think are the Crows and North's chances this year? Well, Donkey Chomp, um, I reckon North are in line for maybe going top four after the minor uh, progress. They've got a little experience in what they're doing. I think last year they sort of like hovered around the bottom part of the eight, positioned themselves well to get to a prelim, but I think they want to take that out of the equation, get into the top four and have a week off and do things like that. As far as the Crows go, I think uh, it'd be great if we make finals again. But, of course, we're resetting. We've got a new coach on Circums last year. We did really well, and I'm really proud of the team. Soldiered on, I guess. Tried to stick to what values and ideals we were starting off with years. Players really galvanised to make a final, win a final. And uh, now we're just resetting again with a new coach. I think we're going to instill the sort of values, also add a few more to what the new coach is. Definitely competitive as we were last year, and hopefully we do really well. Thanks for that. Next question, I'll pick on the quiz to next up. So this is from Muttley45. He asks, what are some of the pros and cons of playing a debutante in a round one or big final match? Um, I think the pros are they're, they're ready to go, they're excited, they're full of energy, they're, they just want to prove that they can do it. It's a pretty big thing they've been aiming for their whole life, so the energy's right there. Uh, the cons, uh, particularly in finals, is obviously just the lack of experience. You know, an 18-year-old playing against fully grown men who have been in a gym for 10 plus years of their adult life, they're bloody big compared to the most of the young kids that are debuting. Uh, it's really the only con I can think of at the moment. Fair enough, thanks for that. Now, Fiddy Roo, I know you wanted to answer this question from Only Forwards. Thank you. Should North lose round one, given our relative inaction last year after being disgraced, what will be a proportional outcome? Is making a statement through selection a viable tactic? Well, it really, really depends on who plays bad. I mean, the, the, the point is we want to pick our best side to win each game. There's no point throwing, if we, if we, God forbid, if we get beaten by... What did we get beaten by last year? 70 points. If we get beaten by 70 points, we, we can't drop 15, 15 players. Like, I don't know who, who people want to drop last year. I think they dropped Sam Wright was the only one. Was that right? Atley. Did that they get dropped after round one? Oh, after a few rounds. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think occasionally dropping players that show continual bad form, but dropping a lot of players after round one, I think is a big mistake because we want to win round two. 
there's a reason that they've been picked in the team because they're in our best team. So if, so if Madge, if Madge kicks 14 goals in the twos next week and Ben Brown doesn't get a touch, then you know what, maybe we do bring him in. But I, I think we've got to pick our best team rather than try to punish people. I think the correct answer the listeners are looking for is uh, drop Gibbo. <laughs> We're not dropping Gibbo. <laughs> <laughs> or drop Sam Wright if you're Arjun. He doesn't like him much. Yeah, but he didn't like J-Mac at the start of last year, and now he wants to have his baby. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, he's getting one behind you first. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It'd be fun to watch, though, wouldn't it? The three of us going at it. Fuck's oh, <laughs> sake. Jeez, I don't want to be in your head. That, that's going to get cut out, I bet you. <laughs> no, I'm keeping that. <laughs> <laughs> How do I top that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Lastly, I'll just fire some quick fire questions at Red Mist. So you're prepared? Yeah, right. see how I go. These are all from Kanga Time, who's, I believe, from Adelaide, so that's probably why he's asking. Firstly, why doesn't Adelaide drivers kick to the left when driving on the Southern Expressway? Um, oh, probably because they're all Morans and campaigners. <laughs> uh, I think it's... Oh, what's the rule? Keep left and less overtaking. So I'd imagine, like, if you're wanting to get along the expressway at... 90 or 110 k's an hour and someone's sitting in front of you in the right-hand lane at 80, you're fair and square pissed off, but I know that's what a lot of people do. So, um, yeah, I always usually keep to the left and let the fast traffic go on through, and if I get the opportunity, I'd get to use that lane as well. Fair enough. Next question. Why do Adelaideans, I don't even know that's a word, call it Holden's, plural, West when referring to the Holden factory? Well, <laughs> um, plural. Yes. <laughs> We're referring to the Holden factory. Oh, okay. So, look, if you go past the Holden pa- factory, you've probably got several thousand Holdens on production lot. So when you drive past, you just point out the window and go, hey, look at all the Holdens. <laughs> nice and basic. <laughs> what a strange Makes way. so much sense. <laughs> you sure this is Adelaide? <laughs> um Next question. The Crows apparently trained with some match simulations of specific tactics that employ. As an outsider, what do you think North tactics are and how do you see the way North plays in comparison to other teams such as the Crows? Tactics? Have we actually seen your tactics or something? Well, this is one of the questions from one of our posters, so... Maybe, oh, okay. just, maybe just see how, what you think of Norse tactics in, in comparison to the Crows. Well, I think your tactics are to <laughs> In comparison to the Crows, which aren't? <laughs> to, to win as well. <laughs> no, I think, um, I think your tactics are to move the ball fast. I think you're um, a team that likes to gain a midfield and control it. Our disposal is pretty good, so you should get the ball, you control the movement of it. Uh, you set up a lot off of the hard back line and carry and ink play. What we'd probably want to do is kick through the corridor as much okay. and uh, play a solid team defence and stop using the ball quick. Can I just say that is a remarkably good answer from what you started with. <laughs> you, you went with you want to win and we want to win and then you pulled that out. That was really good, man. Well done. Cheers, buddy. <laughs> You're being nice, do we? Always nice, man. <laughs> Yeah, right. Anyway, um, thanks for answering those questions. I know they're no a bit odd, to say the least. We'll move straight on to a bit of a pre-season review for North, so Red Mist can have a bit of a power nap while we discuss North. So oh, I, believe, <laughs> I believe that uh, North took something positive out of the group. <laughs> oh, now I've lost my spot. <laughs> 
Anyway, we'll move straight on to the review. So I believe North took a number of positives out of the preseason, primarily a bit of confidence and the fact that we have a very healthy injury list with no additional major injuries to any of our best 25 to 30 players. We've got a bit of run into all the players we needed to. Daniel Wells made a strong return. Tactically, I believe we set up our clearances and strategies a lot better. We trialled them and they were glimpsed in the practice matches and they helped give us a strong launching pot point into attack. Our attack looks in good form as usual, as has been for pretty much three years. It's once again, I feel our defensive pressure in the forward half isn't as consistent as I'd like, but it is pre-season, so maybe the pressure in the ball is just poor in general by all clubs. In terms of defence, I believe our defensive transitions haven't proved much at all. Looking at individual personnel, I was pretty happy with most of our youngsters and veterans. They all did what they had to. The only disappointment was probably maybe Lockie himself, but he's been dropped, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, Philly, I wanted to ask you, what did you take out of the pre-season in terms of positives and negatives? I think the positives straight up were all the young kids. I think Clark looked so freaking good. He, I mean, I think if they redid the draft tomorrow, definitely a first-round pick and maybe a top-15 pick. I think I think we got a bit of a gem there. I think the other positives, like you said, I think the, the Fords look good. Petrie, I don't think, has ever looked this good at this time of year. Normally, he starts quite slowly. Ben Brown looks like he's going to be have a really good year, despite what that crazy poster, whatever is. What's his name? NF, NMFC Arsenal 98 or whatever. He's loopy, man. I don't even know. I don't know if he's seven years old or what's going on, but he's crazy. Um, I, I think I think Garner was maybe a negative. I don't know. He's he's been picked, but. I didn't think he had a great pre. Well, he didn't play well in the in the NAB Cup games anyway. Jed Anderson didn't get enough of the ball, but hopefully once he gets used to to how we play, it'll he'll start finding it. And but he, in saying that, some of the tackles he laid and some of the bumps he did in that Hawthorne game was sick. But I think one of the, I mean probably the biggest positive is Daniel Wells. At his best, he's our best player, and we haven't had him for two years, so he, he's the difference. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you, Red Mist, uh, how the Crows are shaped up over this preseason. Is there anything different from last year in terms of just general tactics or personnel? How have they shaped up? Um, I think we've had a pretty good preseason. Um, no real injuries or whatever to the squad. I think there's only one or two guys that are time out. Curtly has got a hot spot and he's always out for but the rest of the playing group pretty much got through the pre-season, so we've got full, nearly full complement to, to pick to pick from. Uh, the first couple of NAB games, we generally that's not one guys, so we just we probably won't do this year. What we're trying to do a bit more this year, I think, is sharpen, I suppose, a little, improve our team defence a little bit more, move the ball. So I think in the last NAB three games, it's Gold Coast, we got to all those things a full playing through, and uh, although we were probably beaten by Gold Coast in the stoppages and contested balls. We still do a lot of that outside when quick ball. Yeah, I think that's what we're, we're working on fairly well this pre-season, just uh, those few things. The new guys that we've got, we've brought in Seedsman from Collingwood. He's kicked the ball long, so we've got a couple of new fellas that have um, put their hand up the last couple of weeks in McGovern. Millera? So uh, Millera. Yeah. yeah, Millera. I'm glad he's getting one. a game. He, he had very good form in yeah, that cup. It. So we're looking to, to bring those guys in that are going to stat. That's good. We'll talk about this a little bit more in the preview, which we'll now move on to. So our game is on a Saturday night at Etihad Stadium against the Crows, which is starting roughly at 7.25, I believe, Australian Eastern Standard Time. Some of the ins and outs are a bit difficult to, cha- 
to determine because we haven't played a game this season, so we don't really have any outs. But some of the major omissions is really Jacobs, Hanson, and Turner from our prelim side. That's a bit of a surprise that maybe Hanson's out, especially with the tall forward line of the Crows, but he hasn't been in form. I don't think he's fully fit. Same with Jacobs, I don't think he fit either. Turner's just, it's just the way it is. Garner's been slightly better than him throughout the preseason and I think we need to just pump games into Garner as much as we can. In terms of basic tactics, I'll be, I've been talking to Red Mist and a few of the more reputable Crows posters <laughs> about Adelaide's focus on moving the ball quickly and as possible out wide to their runners rather than hacking it forward from the clearance area as quickly as possible into the 50. This will make it important that we sit on the likes of Smith, Crouch, even Seedsman's been very good. He might fulfil his potential at Adelaide, unlike at Collingwood. And there'll be a few others we need to shut down to just hamper their ball movement because they, if they move it quickly into that tall forward line, we're going to get smashed. Winning the clearances will just go a long way to achieving a victory for North in this game. For the rest of the preview, I'll leave it in the capable hands of Quiv. Take it away. Um, all right. So, do you, sorry, uh, do you want to just quickly run through the teams or what, what here? Sorry. Um, yeah, if you don't mind. Some, some of the key matchups if you, if you can. Alright, no worries. So, starting from the back line for North, we've got Frito, Tarrant, Sam Wright, uh, Atley, Thompson, McMillan, Gibson, the return of Wells and Del Sano in the centre, Sean Higgins, Waite and Boomer Harvey, Jed Anderson, Drew Petrie and Lindsay Thomas in the forward line, Todd Goldstein obviously in the ruck with Ben Cunnington and Jack Zebel. With Swallow, Garner, McDonald and Brown named on the bench for Adelaide. They've got Rory Laird, Daniel Talia, Kyle Cheney, Paul Seasman, Jake Lever, Lever, and Nathan Van Berlo in the back line. David McKay, Matty Crouch, Brody Smith in the centre. Rory Atkins, Taylor Walker, Rory Sloan, Eddie Betts, Josh Jenkins, Tom Lynch in their forward line. With Jacobs in the ruck with Scotty Thompson and Richard Douglas, Brad Crouch, Luke Brown, Wayne Malira and Mitch McGovern in the ruck. Um, our key to victory, I guess, I think we need to stop Eddie Betts. That guy is an absolute animal around goal. We need to stop him getting the Joe the Goose, as it's called, over the back and running into open he goals. Those. And the other big one is Tex Walker. We don't want him getting into some early form and having a field day out on us with not a small back line, but with our Hanson, we are smaller than what we could have been. Um, but to be fair, Hanson wouldn't have lined up on one of their key forwards anyway, would he? No, he wouldn't have, I don't think. But So who would go to, say... He'd go to Lynch, wouldn't he, Tom Lynch? No, nah, I think Ferreira goes to Lynch, Wright goes to Betts, Thompson goes to Jenkins, and Tarrant goes to Walker. That's, yeah. how, that's how I do it. So Lynch, Lynch has got a... He's like the, our link-up guy. Far up the ground, ball back in. Yeah, but I think I think that's why Spud plays well on him because he's because he can play tall yeah. and small, can't he? Like he, I wouldn't say Spud's got the biggest tank, but he's smart. He runs to the right spaces. He's an ex midfielder too, so he knows yeah. what he's doing. Yeah, yeah. Um, anything else, Quiff? Uh, just another key. I think it was mentioned by uh, Red Mist earlier. North, we we need to run the ball through the centre. Adelaide are going to want to push us to the wing. We need to run through the centre with our fast ball movement, our quick legs, and get the ball down there as quick as we can into the capable hands of Drew Petrie and Benny Brown. We need them fit and firing as early as we can get them. Fair enough. Is there any weaknesses do you see that North will carry into this game? Uh, there's always a weakness. Um, personally, not watching much NAB Cup footy, I, I'm not really sure, Fair to enough. be honest. Um, 
just match fitness is a big one, I guess, for everyone. Pre-season can only do so much. Uh, yeah, hard for me to really pick something without seeing much footy. That's fair enough. Philly, you got anything? I, I think maybe maybe your weakness would be if, if Sloane gets a hold of us. Mm. We, we don't have a Ben Jacobs to shut him down. Probably the option would be to, to send Gibbo to him. But if he, if he starts getting around the, the real contested ball and the the ball ups and stuff, then I'm not sure how good Gibbo is at that stuff. So that could, that could be an issue. The other one is if Betts gets a hold of Sam Wright, if that's who goes to him, mm-hmm. the, op- the options then, because I think, I think Atley's really good one-on-one, but we, we want Atley to... to he gets be- caught up the ground a bit when yeah, he rebounds. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, and, and so failing that, the other option would be Luke McDonald, and he looks like he's really improved his one-on-one. So I think, I think we've got a bit of cover there. But I, just quickly on, on a positive, because that's what I do, mm. we're... we're <laughs> We talked at the start, when we first got Nick Del Santo over two years ago, we were really excited because we didn't think teams would be able to shut down Dow, Wells and Boomer. And I don't know that we've had the three of them in. Oh, we did, but Adelaide last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but let's face it, they they have no continuity about it. And and now we add Higgins to that mix as well because Higgins is that clean ball move. I don't know that they'll be able to shut our real classy players. I think that's a big positive. It'll be a bit of a shootout, you reckon? Yeah, I think it will. Yeah. It's going, to be, um, it's going to be a really great tussle between Goldstein and Jacobs. I think that's going to be one of the key matchups in the game, I reckon. It has been for a while. It's always a good hit-out between those two. That's it. Uh, while we're talking Red Mist, what are some of the strengths and weaknesses of the Crows heading into this match? Um, I think what we're going to be doing for Eddie Hat is be running probably a bit of a shorter, more mobile back line. So I think it could be a positive because they're quick and we could uh, try and move the ball a lot quicker out of the back line and try and hamper the tall guys from keeping up with us. But at the same time, you two tall pillars down there in Brown and Petri could uh, really sort of expose us a little bit. So I think that's a bit of a problem. Fair enough. Well, we'll move straight on to the interview with Reb Mist. So firstly, I wanted to ask you, in a general sense, what does Adelaide have to do differently the push beyond the second week of finals, from your point of view? Oh, definitely increase our disposal efficiency. Um, I think we turned over the ball a lot out of stoppages last year. We sort of, like you said earlier, I think we, we won a lot of stoppages, but we did blindly out of them. And uh, I think there's a lot of focus being put on a bit more of a balance this year on the work from inside mid to the outside mids, where they link together a lot better. And um, I think also we'll have Seedsman and Brody Smith. I think these two guys are going to be doing a lot of run and carry and kicking long. I think they the two the two players that we have that gain the ground games. Yep. Um, uh, Josh Jenkins and Walker still need to sort of like kick around the 50 goal range this year. If we get Betts, Walker and, and JJ all kicking around 40 to 50 goals, well, yeah, it's just about the delivery to them to tighten up and make it and I think good offense. Okay. Um, in terms of the unknown and younger players at the Crows, who do you see having a breakout year? And also, who do you see as being underrated by opposition fans? Um, breakout year. Um, well, Seedsman could have a breakout year, I guess. Did he really have a breakout year at Collingwood, or did he just... Not really. Yeah, he's a bit underrated, I think. I, I'm yeah. excited to see him hit form. It's his well, 50th could... game, too. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, he could really do something off the heart. He's named at half-back, but I think he's going to rotate with, um, with Brody to that sort of midfield back rotation. So I think, yeah... 
he could really have a breakout year for us and a place and good things. Rory Laird, he's shown a lot in the undersized defender. He does a lot of chop-out previews. And as far as an unknown player that's really good and underrated, it's Luke Brown. He's mm. like the guy that really shuts down forward in every team that we play. So, um, yeah, he's a super player and he's really just goes about his business, really. And uh, the thing, well, I guess the one thing that he could do a little bit more is be a little bit more creative and uh, get the ball further up the ground. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing him. Um, now on to the Crouch brothers because I know they get talked about quite a lot on Big Footy, yep. especially on Bay 13 with some of the stuff they write on there. Both of whom I well, personally rate. I, I reckon they're... I reckon they can feel Dangerfield's boots personally, but they do have big boots to fill with Dangerfield now gone to the Cats. I just wanted to ask you, why are you Crow fans so confident that these two could possibly match or even exceed Dangerfield's output and make Adelaide a more balanced side, particularly in the midfield? Because there's two of them. <laughs> um, <laughs> they're brothers. Uh I think they've got a good understanding. I don't think they ever played football together as juniors that often. I think they were in dip years and all that sort of thing, but they definitely do have a understanding. Uh, Brad Crouch is a way uh, more skillful player. He gets the ball a little bit more on the outside, whereas um, Matt is the younger brother and uh, a stoppage machine. Like uh, He really is a good in tight. He gets the ball out. and I think like Matt Crouch will be the that gets the ball and then hands it off to Brad Crouch. And Brad Crouch will... Although we lost Dangerfield, and he was like stoppage and clearance sort of beast in our side, we've got these two guys that could really... Um, help us get back to the levels. Plus, Brad Crouch wasn't even in our side loading the whole year out with the foot. So mm. he's just like a recruit, really. So yeah, we're really glad to have him back in the side. Hopefully the hard track at Etihad doesn't flare anything up. We're all crossing our fingers and toes about that. Yeah, no one wants to see any injuries. Um, no, that's right. And, uh, yeah, it's just those two guys. They haven't they haven't actually played together before in a, apart from once. Wow. And that was, like, in the last quarter against St Kilda back in 2014, I think. They played it on the field together then, and that was, like, a, over a year ago. So they, they've both got 25 games under their belt, and they've hardly even played a game Fair enough. in the same size together. It's amazing. Uh, any of you boys have any questions for Red Mist? No, I, I don't. You don't, Philly? Um, not really. I mean, I guess my one question would be: Are we welcome over at Adelaide Oval? Like, do, do you take away fans? What happens to away fans? I went to Footy Park once, a horrible, horrible experience. But I'd love yeah. to go to Adelaide Oval. But are away fans safe and welcome, or is it just rabid and crazy? Absolutely. Like, I sit in the bay at the Adelaide Oval, wearing the uh, I'm in a tier, a middle tier at the southern um, riverbanks, and the bay next to me is for. Um, Opposition supporters and they have absolute. Okay, cool. Uh, the bay is generally full, and um, even though even in a bit of ribbing here and there, I've, I've never seen a problem. Yeah, because footy parks sucked, so I'm, I'm glad you got the uh, got the new one. Yeah, it's a it's a great ground. It's been fantastic ever since ever since we've been there. It's just opened up the the game a, a whole lot more. We get better viewing of the game because Adelaide uh, football park used to be like a different gradient. You're still yep. further away from at a row close to the ground. So yeah, it's just, it just is a better arena by far. Cool. Yep. Um, just finally, I just wanted to ask about your new coach. Does he have anything to prove this year? Um, Pikey 
I like him. He's um, he seems to like quite a likable bloke. He's um, there's a laugh here. He's really engaging with the players. I think that's what he brings. Um, a real people. He's got a lot of people skills. He's, he's got like different. He's come from different avenues. Like once he was a player, then he left. After he played for West Coast, he went into the oil and gas sector and started uh, doing people's skills there and ended up in a company and sold it. It's reported that he might have made a fair bit out of that. <laughs> so he, even now that he's a, a senior coach, he's not really the fact that he's to live and make money. Like he's quite comfortable to get involved with players that do things on the footy field and also in life in general. So I think he likes to engage with players open up their creative side and um, he's got some really good philosophies as far as um, defence goes he's got he's got that web pattern that he might have constructed at West Coast or helped to construct and um, yeah I think he's going to do well and I don't think he's got massive amounts to prove I think he's going to be giving players opportunity this year that we've all been screaming out to want to have opportunity to want to build the side from ground up again and hopefully we're really competitive thanks for that uh- so we better finish up there so we can continue to laugh at Richmond. How yeah, good is it, by the way? I was just about to say, it's br- it's, I don't think I've been this happy since Elimination up, Final Day. By nine points. <laughs> oh, my God. I picked Carlton by five and then I changed it. I picked, oh, I picked Richmond. I, f- I don't know why. They always betray me. I'm so happy. <laughs> I'm ready to pick them. <laughs> um, I'd like to thank Philly Roo and Quid for jumping on. Um, thanks for your input tonight, guys. No problem. No worries at all. And finally, thank you so much for joining us tonight, Red Mist. It was an absolute honour and pleasure. Oh, yeah. I had a great time. Thanks, guys. Nice to meet you all, and I hope you all have a safe and happy Easter. Thanks for that. You too. And thank you for listening, everybody. I hope you enjoyed the show. And please, if you haven't and you're a North Melbourne fan, please check out my motivational video, a free plug while I can. And it's really good. It's really good. <laughs> and thanks for listening, everyone. Have a good evening and have a happy Easter. Hooroo.